All right, well, let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, verse 13. We are continuing our series called The Mind of Christ this morning. This is such an important truth. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 13 says, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish, foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You know, like we were talking about in the offering. People have head knowledge. People have natural uh, wisdom. But that's not the same as the wisdom of God. It says the natural man doesn't receive the things of God. It says, eh. We, and, but if we look at God's word and receive his things with our heart and spiritually look at it, then we can receive the truth. And this is the process of renewing our mind, so our mind will agree with the spiritual truth. Verse 15, but he who is, a, who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Verse 16, who has not known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We are, uh, we are in the process of renewing our minds, but we are saying and lining up with the Bible, it says, who has known what God knows who, that uh, he may instruct him? Who has known everything to be able to talk to God and say, tell him what to do? No, we don't have that, but we have the mind of Christ. We are lined up with him. We have, we have been born again. If we've trusted him, we've been born again. And we have uh, his truth on the inside of us. We need to get it, our minds renewed to line up with what he's done, to understand what he's done so we can walk more in line with everything he's provided. Ephesians 4 verse 20. Let's read these. We're going to go through some of the scriptures we've kind of used as a foundation, and then we're going to go further this morning. Ephesians 4, verse 20 says, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So verse 23 says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, that's your spirit, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Now we covered some of that and, and focused on that earlier in the series, and we can't take time to do that this morning, but we are three parts we are a spirit, we have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, we live in a body. The part of you that's been born again is your spirit. It's not your mind, it's not your flesh. So we need to hook up the rest of our being with our spirit, because that's the part that's been made new. And we're talking about specifically the mind, getting the mind to agree with the truths that have already been imparted to us. And as you do that, you can walk in it. Verse 23 says, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In the NIV, verse 23 says, to, be, mean, to, main, to uh, be made new in the attitude of your mind. So we're talking about how we look at things. In the Amplified Classic, it says, 
and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. So this is something we do, and it's something that's a process, but it's supposed to be happening continually. 1 Peter 4, verse 1 says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind. Arm yourself with the same mind. As who? As Christ. So you've got to put on. Arming means you're doing something. You're putting on the same mind as Christ. And like we said, this, this has a specific meaning in context, but it's a general principle. If you arm yourself in this area, you can arm yourself in other areas lined up with Jesus, uh, lined up with Christ, the, the mind of Christ. In the NIV verse uh, 1 there, 1 Peter 4, 1 says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself also with the same attitude. In the CEB it says, Therefore, since Christ suffered as a human, you should also arm yourself with his way of thinking. So we're putting on a way of thinking an attitude, a way of looking at things, a mindset. In Romans 12, 2, again, we've gone through these quick because we've uh, covered this, but this is just a good platform and to get everybody that may have not been with us kind of on the same uh, page so we can move forward. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you don't be conformed to the world. You don't do what everybody else is doing, but you be transformed. That means changed. How? By the renewing of your mind. So in other words, you're going to change your mindset, change your attitude, change what's, what your thinking is to the way God thinks, and that's how you're going to transform your life. Not by you doing it by yourself, just coming up with a philosophy or going to find yourself or going to, you know, read a bunch of men's ideas. It is God already has the plan. Okay, God already knows right from wrong. God already knows exactly where you need to go in your life. He's not confused about it. He's not trying to figure the best pathway for humans out. He already knows. Our job is just to line up with him, find out what it is and do what he said. That's it. People are like, well, we just don't understand everything. We're trying to figure it out. No, you, you don't have to figure anything out. You just need to find out what God has said and do it. That's, you don't have to figure out the plan for your life. You don't have to spend, you know, three years trying to figure out exactly the path. Number one, you're not going to be able to know everything that's going to happen in the coming decades. That's crazy. Anybody been around you know, long enough to realize where you're at now is probably not where you thought you necessarily be 25 years ago. And there's probably stuff along the way that you didn't know about, not talking about bad things, just saying you, you didn't know everything. So for you to think you're going to go in some room and read a bunch of books or take a bunch of tests and then figure out everything that's going to happen, that could be flushed in a matter of seconds. Something happens that you didn't expect. Well, God knows those things. He knows who you are. He knows where you're going. So our job is not to try to figure all that stuff out. Our job is to go, God, you know everything. Number one, I'm going to do things your way. And oh, by the way, what do you have for me? I just want to serve you. And you know what I'm capable of. You know what I need. And so I'm going to find out that. And then I'm going to go on that path. And it's already the best. 
and it's already taken into, into consideration all the stuff I couldn't possibly know. I can't see, couldn't know, but if I just do what you called me to do, just keep going, he knows, and when stuff pops up, oh, gee, I already took care of that five years ago. Thank you, Lord. Didn't know that's what I was doing. <laughs> I made that decision, felt impressed to do it, didn't realize that I was making a decision that would take care of that situation. See, there is a pride in life in humans. Uh, you know, we're all susceptible to it. It's the devil. The devil, you know, was proud enough to think he could take on God. And he tries to, to, to tempt people. And one of the things that tell you, well, no, you can handle it. You can do it. You don't need, you don't need God. You, you, know, you, don't, you don't need to go to church. You don't need to, you know... Uh, listen to what the Word says. You can figure it out. Look at this and this and this. Anything that takes you away from God is wrong. And it's Satan. He's been around for thousands of years. He knows how to mess with humans and be like, oh, look at, look at this and this and get people tempted and pushed off. And they're like, yeah, I can do that. And they're getting right pulled off God's plan for their life. So we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, which exactly what we're talking about. Part of mind renewal is realize we don't have it all together, that God's right, that His Word is true, that He's got my back, that He's got a good plan, and regardless if it's something that lines up with what I think I should do or not, He's right, and so I'm going to go after Him. See, that's mind renewal. That, that is changing your mind. Well, that's going to transform your life. Whereas you thought you are going to do it your way, you realize... I don't want my way. I want your way. Your way already is right, so I'm going to get on your plan. I may not understand everything, but I'm going to go after it. And now my life starts going right because I'm on his path. He already figured everything out. Isn't it a comfort to know that you don't have to figure everything out because you can't anyway? And so to walk around with that weight when you can't do it, that's crazy. That crush you. Not talking about being irresponsible, talking about being smart according to God's word, saying, look, I can't, I can't figure it out anyway. I can do some things in the natural, but all that stuff's got to be subject to the framework of knowing God's right, and I'm going to do it His way. Amen. And anyhow, any skills I acquire, any expertise, uh, you, can, you can spend your time in how many different areas. It's got to be under the framework of God, what do you want me to do and where do you want me to put my time? What do you want me to learn? Where do you want me to go? Because if I'm spending three years trying to figure something out and learn something and God has me do, want me to do something else, I just wasted three years. I could have been hammering something that actually is going to apply. So our thinking has everything to do with uh, how we act. Now let's look at 2 Peter 1, verse 1. Second Peter 1, verse 1, <clears throat> right at the beginning of this epistle or letter. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice he says, to those who have obtained like precious faith. This is written to Christians. The New Testament epistles, the Bible uses the word epistles, or they're called epistles, uh, letters, 
Those are written to Christians. That's where you should spend the, the majority of your time when you're reading, is in those letters, because those are written to you. As a, as, a, as a child of God, as a Christian, that's written to you. Now, the whole Bible is good. And you want, you know, Psalms, Proverbs, the Gospels, the Old Testament. But I'm saying the majority of your time ought to be there. Because those are, the, and you, you know, it's like 150 pages of my Bible or something. But you'll never exhaust it, as far as I'm talking about the New Testament. Uh, you, you're going to go over those things, the truths. God's going to minister. He can minister to you through any part of the Word. But if you spend all your time in Leviticus, <laughs> you're going to dry up. You're not, you're not, you're going to get, you're going to come, you're going to start getting skewed. That, that's there for a purpose. You can understand some things, but all that stuff, you got to understand it in the light of the New Testament. So if you don't spend any time in the New Testament, you're going to miss it. But you're going to get the New Covenant. You can understand some things, but there's some things that are given for examples in the Old Testament, and that's good, but you don't major on all that stuff as a New Testament. You want to major on the things that apply to you and then branch out from there. Understand and understand more. Verse 2 says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. There's so much here. Notice that grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. Let's talk about something you've heard, something you know. And of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It says here, His divine power has given us these things. Well, look at the next part. Through the knowledge of Him. So that, that what you know affects what you're able to receive of the things He actually has provided. Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. So these, we could stop here and, and preach on every verse, but I want to get to stay on where I'm going. But look at, this is the context um, where the verses later that I'm going to get to that they rest on. And I just want you to notice how much he's, he's mentioning what God has done and that it's by knowledge and the knowledge of what God has done. Okay, let's read the beginning of verse 4. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse 5, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly, ki brotherly kindness, kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. So he's saying... All these things have been given to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, therefore, add these things to you, to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, etc. And he says, if you do these things, you're not going to be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of Christ. And he says, he who lacks these things is short-sighted and forgotten that he was cleansed. Verse 10 says, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. 
For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So he says, be diligent to make your election sure. You've heard these things. Be diligent to stay on the path and to make sure you're solid in them. Now look at verse 12. For this reason. So what's the, for this reason? For everything we just said, that the truth of God has been... Uh, the truth and promises to God are, are toward us through the Lord Jesus Christ, that we want to make our election sure, that we want to stay focused on the right thing so that we're not going backwards. He said, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, that you, though you know and are established in present truth. Verse 13, yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent, talking about his body, on this life, in this life, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, meaning he's going to leave the earth, he's, he's talking about dying, just as our Lord Jesus showed me, moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. Now look at verse, let's go back to verse 12 and read this. This is uh, what I want to build on this morning. I believe we're being led to do so. Verse 12, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, even though you, though you know and are established in the present truth. So he's saying, I know you're established in these things, you've heard some of these things, but I'm going to remind you of these things. We're talking about renewing our mind. We're talking about renewing our mind to how God thinks, how God's way is. And Peter is saying here, I'm going to remind you. Verse 13, yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you. Knowing that shortly I must put off my, my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease, after he's gone. So he's saying, look, even though you're established, even though you've heard, I'm going to remind you. And I'm going to keep reminding you. And when I'm gone, somebody else is going to remind you. Well, how many years ago was this? Hundreds. No, almost thousands. And, and Peter's saying, look, you need to be reminded. You need to have these things brought back to you. Because here's the thing. Once you renew your mind in an area, you have to maintain it. It's not automatic. You don't just renew your mind in an area or hurt. You, it doesn't come... Your life does not, is not transformed by you hearing something once and then that's it forever and then you did it and that's it. Any more than you uh, are going to transform your body by going to the gym once or changing your diet for one day. How many of you know you can change your diet for one day and binge the next day? Undo everything you did and more. You can exercise for a week and then not exercise for three months you got to keep on it. Well, renewing your mind, your mind just does not automatically stay renewed. Sorry. 
got quiet there. Somebody wanted to hear, oh, I thought I was done. You heard a truth. You heard a truth, you got a hold of something. You started to walk in it. But you better guard that truth. Your mind does not stay renewed. Your mind is susceptible to having that be undone. You have old thought patterns that will try to come back. Wherever you used to think, you can see God's Word, but it, it can come. Those thought patterns will try to make a, a run at you again. You, you could have transformed your life fully over to where you don't even recognize yourself anymore. But those things can come back if you don't maintain doesn't matter you gone to school. doesn't matter you went to Bible school. doesn't matter if you've been serving in different areas. doesn't matter who you are. If you open the door, if you look at the wrong things, if you start listening to things, your mind can go back to the old thought patterns. So we need to maintain. We need to maintain our thoughts. That's why Peter is saying, I'm going to remind you of this stuff. Look at uh, 2 Peter 3, verse 1. So a little later in the same letter. It says, Beloved, I now write you to this, I write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds in way of reminder, that you may, may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of, uh, commandment of us, the apostles of Lord Savior. And he goes on to some other things, but I want you to get this concept. He goes, I'm writing you these letters so that I remind you of what you've heard, of the truth. You know, your mind, well, let's say your being, it needs to have good doses of God's Word and looking at the truth continually. Otherwise, you'll drift. You'll drift off. Drift off of what? Off the truth. You'll drift off the truth that you've heard, that you've implemented, that could have even changed your, your life. You know, it's, it's a fallacy to think, no, this is so real to me, I'll never lose this. That's not true. You could be in a meeting, you could be in a church service, and you see something like you've never seen before. That, that's happening now. Every, every time we're together, that's what's supposed to happen is the illumination of God's Word by the Holy Spirit is, is illuminating our hearts and our minds and we're seeing things. It's supernatural, supposed to be that way. Not supposed to be just natural. It, it's God Himself speaking to our hearts through His Word, through His Spirit. He uses men and women. And you can see something and say, I see that. I've heard, I've heard that same scripture. I've, I've heard the same subject. But I see something. Never seen it before. I've seen it. I see it so clearly. My gosh, it was there all the time. I've kind of bumped up against it, but now I see it. Anybody ever had that experience? You can think, I'll never lose that. But you know you can get confused. You know you can start 
giving heed to other thoughts and other ideas that contradict the word and sow seeds of doubt in your mind? You thought you were solid, but then somebody brought, well, what about this and this and this? Well, I never thought about that before, and now there's a seed planted. Well, what about that? I never said about, what about, and I'm not saying you just stick your head in the sand and don't ever look at anything in the world, but you got to be careful what you let in because your mind can be renewed to something else. You got it on the Word of God. You know the truth. You got to be convinced God's Word's true. Now you start listening to what this person says about, well, I don't know, skeptical about this and that and that. And people will spend the rest of their lives just going around circles, listening to everybody's ideas and not really gaining any traction because they are, they're not letting the Word take root in their life. They're just in the mental realm. And they, they start making some progress and they get poked and they go over here. They start making some progress but then they listen to something else, give heed to something else, and they go backwards. They, they go forward two steps, and they go backward three. Go, go forward one, go back one. Go, go forward three steps, go back two. Well, you're just doing this. A lot of action, not much progress. Like we were talking about last week, it'd be better for you to take half a step, quarter a step. And just keep going forward. Be a lot better than you taking nine steps and going back 13. But as we walk with God and renew our minds, if we give heed to things that are contradictory, if we give heed to other ways of thinking, you can undo the progress you've made. And so we have to be careful. What we look at, what we hear. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 33. We're talking about guarding the progress and guarding the renewal of our mind, that we have to maintain it. You know, just because you mowed your grass one week, it doesn't stay mowed three weeks later. And it's a lot more work the, the higher up it gets. It's not just linear. I mean, a little, it's not like twice as hard. Now you got to bag it more or whatever. you got to go over it a little. It just takes a ton more time than if you just hammered it and just kept it going. It's going to take us staying on top of some things if we're going to... Guard our minds, and Satan is trying to hit our minds. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 33. says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. In the Amplified, it says, Do not be so deceived and misled. Evil companionships, communion, associations, corrupt and depraved good manners and morals and character. Now, of course, this is referring to you hanging out with people that aren't a good influence, of course. But you know you can hang out with ideas and philosophies and never set foot in the same room with somebody? You're still communicating. You're still association. You're still having uh, 
relationship or communion with ideas or things that could contradict God's Word. And the longer you do that, it will affect you. In other words, you going and searching on the Internet or watching YouTube videos about certain subjects, you got to be careful. If it's, start, if it's contradicting truths that you have learned from the Word of God, you're, you're fellowshipping with that. Well, it gives the opportunity for the enemy to steal, to get you to where something that was solid, not so solid anymore. You ever wonder how somebody turns their back on God? This is how it happens. You say, how could that ever happen? One step at a time. There's one step, they, if you would have gone up to, you know, somebody would have got up to the person, do you believe in God? Of course I believe in God. They're unquestioning. Somehow somebody gave heed to something else that was contradictory. And little, well, they have a good point. Well, that's a good thought. What about that? You spend the rest of your life doing that. You realize everything that you believe I'm saying you, everybody here, what you believe, according to the Word, because nobody has perfect doctrine, we're all at different stages. The Word of God's pure, sure we covered this earlier. The Bible says we, we see as through a, a glass darkly. We have not arrived. Our minds are being renewed. But at every level, every person in this room, every person that's listening to this message, you realize there's people in the world will believe something opposite almost on every point that you believe right now. In other words, you could find a contrary opinion to everything. You think you've come into certain truths of God's Word that nobody can deny? Are you kidding me? People, Christians, believe completely opposite. You think God, you believe God wants you to be healthy, and you think that's a truth that nobody would deny. People will fight you on that. Christians will say, oh no, it's God's will you be sick. You think God, you believe that God wants you to, to be fine financially, and people will all fight you on that. You believe, well, surely we can agree Jesus is Lord and Savior. Oh, no, there's people all over the world that, of course, they don't believe there's a God, and they surely don't believe Jesus was anything but a man. My point is, anything that you believe, anything that the Word teaches, and especially now, you can find opinions left and right that disagree and if you think you're going to go through all that and just look at all the different sides and just you you will be so confused and so uh doubtful and so skeptical and so ineffective because you don't know where you believe you think the word of god was well, just the way this is what the word says it's so plain scripture can be twisted And you think, oh, well, that won't happen to me. I know the word. You know the word, and you got to guard your understanding because Satan himself will come and twist it and say, yeah, but that just means this. And if you, if you got four YouTube videos ringing in your head about that, about this other thing, now you start to get off. You're just going to explore. People say, well, you know, you're just narrow-minded. Just, you just believe this. I'd rather be on the path and not give heed to this stuff and be strong and healthy in my faith than know all this breath and be totally confused and not know anything and not be strong in faith at all. You take it back up the road. You say, well, everybody would agree. Go back to salvation. In the world, are you kidding me? There's people that they, they, they don't, of course, we know this. 
People don't believe Jesus is the only way to God. Are you kidding me? There's any number of religions that have been around for hundreds of thou or thousands of years. And people believe them wholeheartedly, devoted. And so people back up to that and go, well, you know, maybe that's just all ways to God. See, no, that's not true. But if you start subscribing to, well, let's see what everybody thinks, where's that going to end up? If you go back to the fullest, you're not a Christian anymore. That's how people get there. They were strong here, but they started listening to this and this and started, well, I just want to see what they say. Don't do that. Do stuff based on what you're led to do and, and make sure it's on the Word of God. If God's hooked you up with a certain camp, hooked you up with certain people, you stay with them. There's certain truths that you have that you've understood. Don't take them for granted. Don't count them as not precious because they can be stolen from you. You think you're solid. Don't give heed to a bunch of lies and things that are contradicting things that you have taken to be true according to the Word of God. Not talking about opinion. Not talking about somebody's ideas. Talking about the idea or about the revelation of God's Word. I know of people that used to be leaders in Christianity, used to pastor big churches, but gave in to certain ideas that are destructive, and on the, they're just on the sideline now. Certain things that, that are enticing, and then people, you know, they, go, they, they, they take steps toward, like what we were even talking about, well, everybody's going to be saved. If God's a God of love, He's not going to send anybody to hell. So that means everybody's going to be justified. That's a lie. Did you hear me? The people that used to preach and teach the Word of God and faith and healing went down that path. That's not the gospel. That's not the Word of God. And so we need to understand the Word has got to be our foundation and we need to be very careful about doing this, whether it's in person you're not talking about going out of the world. You're going, to, you're going to be around people that aren't godly because that's why we're still here on the earth is to, to share the gospel. That's a lot different than fellowshipping and having close communion with people. Do you hear me? Where you're like, you know, you're not besties. Because you're going to be, you're going to go, you're going to be influenced. Psalm 1, verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. It says, Blessed is the man who doesn't do these things. You don't listen to the counsel of the ungodly. Well, you know there are ungodly ideas taught around Christianity. There are devilish ideas taught around Christianity. How do you know what's what? The Word of God. Not somebody's opinion. Not somebody's cool sermon. No. It's based on the Word. But don't walk in the council, especially. Don't take advice from an atheist. And find out what they think Christians should do. 
Well, if I were a Christian, this is what the Bible says. The Bible also says to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and to bow your knee. You're not doing that. I don't want to hear anything else you're about to say. Because what, what we read earlier is the, the natural man cannot receive the spiritual things of God. You can't understand the Bible if you don't receive Jesus. Jesus is the Word. If you reject, the, if you reject His Lordship, but you're going to understand what He's saying to Christians in letters written to Christians that are discerned because you're alive to God? No, well, you don't listen to ungodly counsel. You're going to be tripped up. Don't let those ideas into your mind to penetrate and to cause doubt and, to confu and confusion and unrest. The world's pretty, you know, a good portion of the world is unrest. Have you noticed that? They're in unrest, not at peace, not calm, not confident about what's going to go on. They're just stressful. Why? Well, they're not focused on the Word of God. The Bible says if your mind is stayed on Him, you'll be in perfect peace. To the degree that we're out of peace is the degree that we're not stayed on Him. Verse 2 says, but his delight, so let's read verse 1 again. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the pathway of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the, the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. You can say now, the Word of God. Because at this point, the Psalms, that's what they had. They didn't have the whole Word of God like we do. His delight is in the Word of God, and in his law he meditates day and night. In the Word he meditates day and night, he shall be like a tree. Before we read verse 3. He's meditating on the Word. So his thinking, meditating, his thinking, saying, what you're focusing on is on godly things, on the Word. It's, it becomes a fortress. You're thinking about these things. It becomes a barrier. Hard to attack you when you know and you're meditating on the Word of God. A thought comes, you push it out. Another thought comes, you push it out with the Word. You're not entertaining things. It's armor. You know, we read earlier, to arm yourself with this mindset, God, Jesus' mindset. Arm yourself. That is defense to you. Don't lower your defenses and start letting other thoughts come in from random sources just to see what they say. That's one of the dumbest things you can do. We're talking very practically. You know, I like practical. If it doesn't work in real life, then forget it. If it's just, just for philosophy and just for theology, then forget it. Because it, God's Word always works for real. How do these hap things happen? Well, I heard this and I listened to all these messages, but somehow I'm getting weak all this. What are you listening to? What are you fellowshipping with? Well, I got this, you know, I was going to look a video up, you know, on, on something, but on like music or something, but it put in this, you know, because I'm, I'm looking at something, um, praise and worship music or something, and it determines I'm Christian, so it throws this video up of some guy's random idea, and ooh, you know, it's clickbait, it looks like it's pretty interesting, and I don't know this person, I don't know what they have to say, but I'll just think I'll see what they say. Why would you do that? I'm not saying you just don't listen to anything, but you've got to be discerning. You think, I can handle anything. You are about to introduce things into your mind that can be inspired against the Word of God, and the same thing that deceived that person is about to have place in your mind that you have to get rid of now. Why put, that, put yourself through it? That's like building a fence around your yard 
to keep critters out and then just opening an area of it when they're standing right there and putting food on the inside and going inside and then getting all of them in, in, in your yard and then getting them out. Why do you want to try to get them out? Why not just keep the door shut? Keep the fence up. Why deal with that problem? We're talking about how to keep, you know, yeah, we're talking about renewing our minds. But if you renew your mind and then go backwards and keep going back to the same stuff, your mind is going to be basically going to the, to the previous state constantly. So you renew your mind. This is an answer for somebody. If you are looking at the Word of God and you get revelation and you start to see thinking, but you keep undoing that, what else are you looking at that's causing you to regress? Because if you're going forward with the Word, but then you have a constant diet of this other stuff, you are going to go like this, forward, backward, forward, backward, forward, back, 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 back. And you could just go back to where you're like, forget it all. I don't believe any of it anymore. I don't care. How would you get there? Little by little. Little by little. You meditate on the Word, and you build a strong fortress. Verse 3 he shall be like a tree. Now let's, let's read verse 2 going into verse 3. So you're not with the, the ungodly, but verse 2, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law He meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose light leaf shall also not wither, and whatever He does shall prosper. That, see, people want that last part. Verse 3, well, don't do the other part. Don't do verse 1 and make sure you're focusing on the right thing and then not letting other stuff in randomly just because it looks interesting. Well, I, this is a new book. This is a bestseller. And the guy says he's Christian or the lady says they're Christian. And, boy, it's really popular. I think I'll read that. You know how many books I've seen in the last, I mean, I haven't read them. I've seen them, you know, pop up on some list and, you look at it and go, that's New Age nonsense. That's not even the Bible. And they quote a few scriptures and people don't understand that's not Christianity. It is some other philosophy with a few references to Bible. It, it is complete deceit. They're lies. That's how people start taking those steps. Well, it, person says they were Christian. It, it's in a Christian bookstore. It's on the Christian website. It's got a bunch of Christian reviews. People said it helped them and it helped them with their walk with God. None of that matters. It matters what is the truth. Is it, is it the Word of God? Don't just open yourself up. Let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 1. Satan does this and it's not new. He's looking for an opening. Okay, we're renewing our mind, we're getting it focused on God's Word. Just know this, you will get pushed with the old thoughts. What you came out with, out of, it will push on you. Now you don't have to succumb to it. The goal is you renew your mind, you get strong in God's Word, and you got the, the, the perimeter around you, and something comes in, you knock it off. Something comes, tries to come, you knock it off. We don't want to get to the place where we're letting chinks. Don't let your armor down. Don't let your guard down. Don't yield and, and meditate on things that are ungodly because Satan is looking 
for the opportunity for what he used to dominate you with to start dominating you again. And it's worse when it dominates you again because you got free and then you went back to, to get bound and now it starts to seem like there's no way for me. It'll just come back again. Look at 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 11 verse 1. Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly. Apostle Paul, and indeed you do bear with me for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. I have, for I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. He says, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be, may be corrupted. What's corrupted mean? The first thing that pops to my mind when I think corrupted is some electronic device having a corrupted hard drive or corrupted memory. What does that mean? It's garbage now. It used to be right. It used to be able to work fine. But if your hard drive gets corrupted, your computer doesn't work at all. A file gets corrupted, you can't open it. Well, this is Paul's saying, your mind was pure. It was simple. Notice he says simplicity. See, people don't like that word. They don't want to be simple. Well, I, I'm way more educated. I don't want to be simple. Simplicity is not a bad thing. In fact, the more complicated something is, watch out. If you really know something, you can make it simple. But Satan likes things complicated. Oh, it's complicated. It's not so easy. It's not that easy. You've got this and this to consider. Well, who says you're supposed to consider all that stuff? I wasn't, it was pretty simple until you brought that up. Boy, this all seems simple until, oh, God's a good God and He wants you well, until somebody brings another, you know, manufactured view on the Bible that, well, no, actually, that's to help you. You know, that disease is to help you. In the real world, nobody believes that. You go to the doctor and your doctor says, well, I'd like to help you, but actually, this is for your good. You're going to die, but this is all for your good. Or that disease that you can't get rid of and it makes you suffer, Actually, this is helping you. Any doctor that told you, you'd, get, you'd go out of the door, you might report them, and you'd go to somebody else. <laughs> Nobody believes that just talking about, you know, dealing with natural things. Well, that financial calamity, you know, you're going to get financial advice. Actually, I don't see, I mean, I know you came here for help, but actually it's the best thing that could have happened to you to go bankrupt. So I don't know why you're here. You'd be like, you know, you losing that $10,000, that's a good thing. This is showing you something. You'd be like, okay, thank you, no thank you, I'm leaving. And you think, the Bible, when you see something, oh, God loves you, He wants things to go well for you. And then somebody comes along, oh, no, not necessarily. He might be blessing you with something that really steals from you. No, that's the devil. But people have, they'll, they'll have all kinds of stuff that they'll tell you, doctrines that have been passed down, that contradict it, and they'll tell you why that's so simplistic and why it's wrong. Now, God's word is not difficult. Satan will try to get you off the simplicity and get you into the, ooh, complicated. So you can't just understand it like that. You need to consider this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this. And you're looking, you're confused, you're looking around, your head's swimming, you're like, I, I don't know what's true anymore. And a three-year-old could tell you what's true. God's good. He wants me well. He loves me. 
Oh, no, you three-year-old, you don't understand yet. What did Jesus, Jesus said to be like a child? We're supposed to center up and go, you know what? Great. You have all those ideas, really don't want to hear them. I'm just going to go on believing the Bible. Well, you don't know all this stuff. There's a whole lot of stuff you don't know. We don't know all kinds of stuff in the world. I'm not going to know everything. I just need to know what I know. According to the word, I'm going to grow, but I don't need to have some theory and some idea that's going to take me off the mainstay. So it says, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So Satan is after this. He's trying to do this. Now let's look quickly. Genesis 2, let's just look at this, how this is happening. Look at the example where Satan comes to Eve. Genesis 2, verse 15, so th this is when the Lord talked to Adam. So Adam was created before Eve, and yes, there was an Adam and an Eve. That's, you could just go off on that right now, because that's some people go, well, I don't know. Yeah, the Bible says it. So that's, that's one of these areas. There's a problem there. Well, it's not that easy. No, I mean, the Bible says it. It is that easy. We just don't understand everything. People want to act like they were there. You weren't there. You have a theory. Done. You don't have a video. We have the Word of God. Verse 15, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. So Adam was formed before Eve. Eve's not around. Verse 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day, or in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So this is Ad, or God telling Adam this. Go forward to Genesis 3, verse 1. So just next chapter. Now the serpent was more cunning than any of the beasts of the field. So this is Satan in this form. Which the Lord God had made, and he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He came to him and said, Did he really say that? Well, you know, Eve wasn't around to hear it. He, God told Adam, and obviously... Adam shared it with Eve. You don't know that God himself didn't share it with Eve. The Bible doesn't tell us. But you know Eve has heard this. The fact is, you have not heard from Jesus in the flesh any of the things you read in the Gospels. You have an account that were written by men. All this was passed to you by men inspired by the Holy Spirit and the same Spirit that inspired them will speak to you, but you're going on somebody's word and everything you believe, whether we know it or not. Did I lose somebody? Well, this book said this. That's somebody's word. We believe the Bible and the same spirit that inspired the Bible will speak to you directly. The, God, the Bible is God speaking to you if you believe that. God will speak to you. But Eve didn't hear it directly. She heard it secondhand, obviously, or she could have heard it from God himself. We don't know. But it's obvious Eve has heard this. So the serpent comes and says, well, did God really say that? See, up until this time, she's accepted God said that. Now Satan's saying, is that true? So she's accepted it, like what Peter was saying. It. You've accepted some stuff, but I'm going to remind you, lest you fall away, lest, lest you are not able to say, stay secure. He said to make your 
uh, salvation secure. With different words I'm paraphrasing. But you stay on the right track. Why? I'm reminding you. I'm letting that come back to you. Because there are attacks, there are pushes like this. Verse 2, And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the trees which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. So she's saying, well, no, this is what God said. Verse 4, the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. You will not surely die. For God knows in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. This is exactly what happens to us now. You have a truth according to the word of God. And the thought will come, well, is that really true? And you come back with the word. Yeah, it's true says this, another angle. Yeah, but this is why God is such and such, and it's another angle to try to cut in. Now, she could have just shut it down and said, no, no, God's word, he still said this. But she took the bait. She listened to it, and this is how the enemy works. He will try to hit you at different angles. That's why you don't just go let everything in. You think I'm too strong. You hear an angle that gets into you, that got into somebody else, that deceived them, and now it's every time you think about certain scriptures, that thing's nagging you. And it will keep, it'll try to keep nagging you. Well, what about that? This person said that, and you know, they, they have three uh, degrees after their name. They, they are you know, very studied in this, and they may know something more. And what about it? And what about, well, you think you believe it, but what about it? What about it? How are you going to deal with that? You don't want to let things in that don't need to be there, but what are you going to do if stuff comes in? You need to, con you have to shut it down with the Word. you got to come back to the Word and push it out. you got to stay strong and not let these things get a hold. Verse 6, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes for, uh, and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of the fruit and ate, and she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Well, he knew better, but he's going down the same path. Verse 7, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Then they understood that what they, they, they did exactly what God told them not to do. They had the consequences, and then they have more consequences. But my point here is what happened? How did it happen? Satan works the same way. Might be somebody you're talking to. They bring up something. Well, what about such and such, such and such? Just know it's, not, it's no surprise that somebody believes something opposite you do, even if it's the best news in the world, according to the Word of God. Did you know Jesus Christ is the Savior? What? Oh, you're one of them nuts. Actually, you know, they might try to take the opportunity to, say, to save you. Well, actually, oh, so you believe that? Well, and they start giving you their philosophy. We need to be strong in what the Word says. As we've renewed our mind, we need to be on guard. Wait a minute. You don't got to sit there and be the trash can for somebody to dump into you their philosophy. It's, it, the, the, the Bible in Proverbs say, it says to walk away from a foolish person. You don't have to be rude, but you can't shut it down and go, you know, I'd rather not talk to this, about this now and get out of it. Don't let that pollute your mind. 
don't let Satan have access. If there's thoughts that try to come back, the old ways try to come back, you push it down. You, you push back and you say, oh, no, I believe what God's Word says and I'm going to stay strong there. I'm not going to yield myself and look at stuff and read stuff that is actually taken away from where I have progressed. Don't look at If you've come out of certain things, don't go back and look at the stuff and fellowship with the things and read stuff about where you, where you used to be. You know, if something used to really have a, a place in your life, then you don't surround yourself with that. You don't be around those people that are doing that because that's going to give Satan an access to try to get back into your life. You don't have to read a whole bunch of stuff about what other people did. and not, you know, you're, you're, you're putting that stuff in front of you, and it's just given access to get you off. And ultimately, Satan's goal is to make you as weak as possible, and ultimately his goal is to pull you away from God. If he can do it, that's the goal, get you to turn your back. And the more well-known you are, the better. But if he can get you weak and effective, yeah, I used to believe that, but I don't really care anymore, and you're just, okay, nullified your life. You go off into heaven, but he nullified you. If he can get you to turn your back on God, better yet. But we're not ignorant of his devices. We're not ignorant of what he does. And we can walk according to the word of God and we can be on guard. Amen.